You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 29 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the stoned ape theory. As always, our references are in the episode description. And for this episode, mostly what we're using is this book, Food of the Gods, written by Terrence McKenna. Yeah. So. Very good insights in that book. Awesome book. Mm -hmm. Going to uh, read a paragraph here to give you a little backstory on what we're talking about. The stoned ape theory is a controversial theory first proposed by American ethnobotanist and mystic Terrence McKenna in his 1992 book, Food of the Gods. The theory claims that the transition from Homo erectus to Homo sapiens and the cognitive revolution was caused by the addition of psilocybin mushrooms, specifically the mushroom psilocybe cubensis, into the human diet around 100,000 years ago. Using evidence largely based on studies from Roland L. Fisher from the 1960s and 1970s, he attributed much of the mental strides made by humans during the cognitive revolution to the effects of psilocybin intake found by Fisher. Yeah, one thing I wanted to throw in on that because I personally didn't know what the Homo erectus was. Mm -hmm. And... On the, uh, I looked up, uh, found a National History Museum article, and they said it is an extinct ancient humanoid-like kind of figure, uh, and it is a species of firsts. It was the first of our relatives to have human-like body proportions with shorter arms and longer legs relative to its torso. Um, and one uh, cool thing I saw about it is they are possibly like one of the first species to cook their food. Oh, nice. So... Just a little insight on that. Thanks for that. I like to cook food. <laughs> yeah. They weren't eating everything fucking raw. Right. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to read a little about the theory now. Fuck yeah. Give you guys some more deets. Sweet deets. Yeah, the good deets. In his book, McKenna argued that due to desertification in Africa, humans retreated to the shrinking tropical forest following cattle herds that our ancestors would have relied on for food and clothing and whose dung attracted the insects that he states were certainly a part of the human diet at that time. According to his hypothesis, humans would have detected uh, psilocybin or psilocyb cubensis from this due to it often growing uh, in the cow dung. According to McKenna, Access to and ingestion of mushrooms was an evolutionary advantage to humans, omnivorous hunter-gatherer ancestors, also providing humanity's first religious impulse. He believed that psilocybin mushrooms were the evolutionary catalyst from which language, projective imagination, the arts, religion, philosophy, science, and all of human culture sprang. According to the author's younger brother, Dennis McKenna, the idea emerged out of conversations between the two. Dennis is himself 
an ethnopharmacologist and researched pharmacognosist, big words, as well as founder of the McKenna Academy of Natural Philosophy. Uh, quote here, quote, we know the brain tripled in size about two million years ago and probably the ecosystems which put hominids, cattle, and mushrooms together were around that old, Dennis says, referring to the dung from which psilocybin mushrooms emerge. In Food of the Gods, Terence McKenna made his argument based on noted qualities of the psychedelic experience, such as augmented empathy and sensory perception. Uh, shamanistic traditions in ancient cultures and the known and hypothetical range of psychedelic plants and fungi in ancient times. Terence also argued that psilocybin would have increased visual acuity at low doses, increased sex drive, and enhanced cooperation, all factors that could have proven adaptive to our ancestors. Uh, uh, Stamets, a vocal supporter of the theory, has mm -hmm. also pointed out the leadership qualities that would have resulted from the mix of bravery and empathy brought on by these substances. Written during what is sometimes described as the dark age of psychedelic research, Food of the Gods argued that the criminalization of psychedelic substances and lack of research into their powers paradoxically cut human beings off from an important aspect of their ascendancy. Yeah, what you were talking about uh, his brother Dennis. Mm -hmm. I remember yesterday we were kind of talking about it. Dennis like kind of helped out Terrence a lot. Uh, Definitely. With, with this theory and his research and just gathering things together. And uh, you did bring up that Stamets guy. Yes. Uh, I had a little bit of info on him. So his full name, Paul Stamets. I, this is coming from a Big Think article that will be linked below. And uh, he's like not necessarily a full-on supporter, but kind of can see where Terrence is coming from here. And uh, so I'll read a little bit here. Regarding this theory, uh, obviously the Stone Dape theory, Stamets presented at a Psychedelic Science 2017 convention kind of get-together. In his talk, he sought to rehabilitate McKenna's hypothesis as totally plausible answer to a longstanding evolutionary riddle. Okay. Quote here. What is really important for you to understand, he said, is that there is suddenly doubling of the brain size many, many years ago. From an evolutionary point of view, that is an extraordinary expansion. And there is no explanation for this sudden increase to the human brain. And he kind of says, like, why not mushrooms? So I don't think he's a full-on yeah. supporter, but he can, like, kind of see where uh, Terrence is coming from here. Yeah, he follows a line of reasoning. Yeah. It's as, yeah, it's as plausible as anything else. Uh, I don't, from what I looked up, nobody has any explanation for definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. It's a um, big gray area. Yeah, unless you watch Ancient Aliens and Aliens. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Just the History Channel, maybe they got a guy that worked at Home Depot or something that knows, but... I worked at home. <laughs> oh, why? Uh, yeah. So, to me, yeah, it's it's better than, uh, you know, just it just happened. Yeah. And, and and you know what? It's weird. Uh, I I've heard that it the brain size doubled, and I've heard tripled. Yeah, because I'm not sure Dennis which said. one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure which one. It's hard to know. Maybe it's like a two and a half. I don't know, but it's definitely a fat increase in brain size and just 
I don't know, just us being smarter in general. Yeah, and just the, um, like he says, uh, the acuity, have visual acuity at low doses and increased sex drive mm-hmm. and enhanced cooperation. Yes. Um, I read that some people who, scientists that sort of discredit it, say that there's no proof of that, but obviously they've never done mushrooms if they don't think those things are true. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if you microdose mushrooms, you definitely have enhanced visual acuity, uh, increased sex drive, and enhanced cooperation is by far the biggest thing mushrooms do. Yeah, and uh, I think, too, is like just lowering people's ego as well, too, wanting us to, making us want to work together more. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You never feel more... Uh, in tune with uh, other humans than when you do mushrooms. Definitely. Um, for anyone who's ever done them, they know that. But if you haven't, it definitely makes you more unified and cooperative. Uh, so, yeah, that brings me to this next uh, section I have here. Okay. That, um, a case for it. Because uh, if I didn't mention it, since this, since he wrote this book... And brought this out. There has been uh, nothing but tons of naysayers yeah. in the scientific community. Definitely. Um, but now we got a case for it. Um, let me read this. So, as you can imagine, the stoned ape theory has received much criticism over the years. Uh, despite the lack of concrete evidence for this highly speculative concept, rela- concept relating to mushroom links... A recent study in the journal Frontiers in Psychology makes a case for it. All righty. This might be some dense reading. But okay. This is, this is um, according to the paper. Um, evidence indicate mushrooms, including bioactive species, have been a relevant, a relevant resource since the Pliocene era when hominins intensified exploration of forest floor foods. Psilocybin and similar psychedelics that primarily target the serotonin 2A receptor subtype stimulate an active uh, coping strategy response that may provide an enhanced capacity for adaptive changes through a flexible and associative mode of cognition. Such psychedelics also alter emotional processing self-regulation and social behavior often having enduring effects on individual and group well-being in and uh sociality okay a uh, homeostatic and drug instrumentalization perspective suggests that incidental inclusions of psychedelics in the diet of hominins and their eventual addition to rituals and institutions of early humans could have conferred selective advantages. Hominin evolution occurred in an ever-changing and at times quickly changing environmental landscape and entailed advanced advancement into a socio-cognitive niche, i.e. the development of a social, socially interdependent lifeway based on reasoning cooperative communication and social learning in this context psychedelics effects in enhancing sociality imagination eloquence and suggestibility may have increased adaptability and fitness okay (sighs) okay take a breath here 
<laughs> One more paragraph. It is dense reading. You're, uh, uh, this wraps it up a little better. Though. So the okay. last paragraph. Um, we present interdisciplinary evidence for a model of psychedelic instrum- instrumentalization focused on four interrelated instrumentalization goals. Management of psychological distress and treatment of health problems. Enhance social interaction and interpersonal relations. Facilitation of collective ritual and religious activities and enhanced group decision making. The sociocognitive niche was simultaneously a selection pressure and an adaptive response and was partially constructed by hominins through their activities and their choices. Therefore, the evolutionary scenario put forward suggests that integration of psilocybin into ancient diet, communal practice, and proto-religious activity may have enhanced hominin response to the sociocognitive niche, while also aiding in its creation. In particular, the interpersonal and pro-social effects of psilocybin may have mediated the expansion of social bonding mechanisms, such as laughter, music, storytelling, and religion, imposing a systematic bias on the selective environment that favored selection for pro-sociality in our lineage. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what it's saying. So, uh, and I, 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 there is a link to this uh, study. Um, if you want to look that up and read more of this dense material, but it's basically making the argument that um, psilocybin or psychedelic substances helped create our our beginning society and religions, mm-hmm. and were very beneficial for us um, uh, in adaptability. Uh, and working helped us work together. Work together. There's also so a- they don't they don't argue the doubling or tripling of the brain size. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that they don't support Terrence in that, but they support the rest of his theory um, in their findings. And I find that I find that very interesting. Yeah, on the wiki too, it talks about how it would psilocybin would trigger activity in the language forming re- region of the brain. So that really helped us develop things like music, yes. uh, the development of language, just communicating with each other. And like you've touched on multiple times during this, working together and just probably just helping out build out society, you know, just yeah. in general. Yeah, I think the development of language is quite a big mystery. And mm-hmm. uh, that does give a good uh, reasoning for how it helping it come about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And maybe just straight up kickstarted just becoming more religious and whoops. Yeah, uh, kickstarting society for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh it is very interesting, just his whole idea of psilocybin mushrooms, just magic shrooms, just making us more OP. I <laughs> you just in general, just buffing us, just fucking it, it is kind of weird, too, how, to me, how he really does talk about how it made us reproduce, like, yeah, a lot. Increasing sex drive? Just in general, and maybe well, increasing the di- diversity with, incre- with the increased sex drive, you know, the mixing of genes and... Right, I mean, I think um, 
everything in evolution uh, on uh, the theory of evolution revolves around us reproducing. Definitely. So if you're increasing sex drive and increasing increasing reproduction, that's only going to help um, expedite things, right? Yeah, definitely. One would think. So I have another, when I was talking about before that Paul Stamets guy, I have another lady I found from that same Big Think article that will be linked below. Her name is Amanda Fieldling. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is a part of the psychedelic think tank Beckley Foundation. And I did look into them a little bit. And one, things that, one thing that gave me a little more confidence in her is that they're, uh, they're a nonprofit organization. And she says, however, that the stone ape theory is at very least a valid reminder that humans have always been drawn to and fascinated by mind-altering substances. Quote here, the imagery that comes with the psychedelic experience is a theme that runs through ancient art. So I'm sure that psychedelic experiences and other techniques like dancing and music were used by our early ancestors to enhance consciousness, which then facilitated spirituality, art, and medicine. So... I think it definitely did whether you want to believe in the doubling the brain size like you said he doesn't even a lot of naysayers don't believe in that but you definitely can understand how just opening our minds up just in general just making us work together Mm -hmm. and come together into a better society definitely forming religion uh there's a lot of arguments that or a lot of early religions were formed around psychedelic definitely um, so that makes sense. I mean, even, uh, the Indians and the Aztecs use psychedelic substances in their cultures. Yeah. So I, I don't find it that crazy. Me either. Uh, and I hope, uh, in this day and age, it's, it's, uh, getting a little more, uh, of the socially acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. A little more of the appreciation that, uh, this, the work that he did in this book deserves. Definitely. This is just a tough topic to cover in general but i think he did a damn good job terrence mckenna trying to kind of piece this together in my little brain i it's hard for me to fully grasp all of this but all i can say is that it's definitely plausible yeah and to me it's the best argument for you you would say so for i mean not only the the us forming society and forming religion it's a amazing uh, case for how that came to be but i i haven't seen a better reason for how our brain size grew mm-hmm. uh there there really is to me no no better answer than that yeah you were telling me before how there's really not a if any there's very few explanations of how so his idea yeah. with with magic shrooms like i can i can see it well yeah, well, the whole idea of evolution is is very, very slow changes over long, long yeah. periods of time. So it just didn't make sense how in this, as far as evolution goes, shorter period of time, it grew so much. That That is a really good insight, how, how you worded it that way. Maybe it really was the shrooms. Maybe it was aliens. <laughs> yeah, or the... The aliens touched down, gave us a little, little Anunnaki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I got another section here to read on this. Okay. The stoned ape theory is not likely to leap into the level of scientific theory in the foreseeable future. Uh, 
but the sort of modern psychedelic reconnection that Terence McKenna and other advocates might well come to pass, especially as more studies examine potential therapeutic uses. Here's another quote from his brother, Dennis. Alrighty. If psychedelics live up to their promise and are integrated into medicine and healthcare, it will revolutionize paradigms of healing. And I am fond of saying that psychedelics are medicines for the soul. They can heal not only individuals, but society on a global scale. If we can integrate and take to heart the lessons that they can teach us, and maybe, just maybe, if mushrooms were present and played a role that uh, catapulted our species into history, maybe now, as history is ending and we transition to some kind of post-historical existence, they are there to guide us in that process. We still have much to learn from these humble fungi as science is confirming. And that is happening. Um, psychedelics are gaining a lot of traction in the medical field. Yeah, and there's a few states uh, in the U.S. that have <laughs> big hit there. Uh, there's like a few states that have started decriminalizing psychedelics. And uh, I don't know who said it. I think it was maybe Rogan or something. But like we need to get uh, the Senate and we need to get the House of Reps and they all just need to dough shrooms, you know, like. Fucking, yeah, I feel like our country more might, shamanistic. Yeah, story. our country might be a better place if some people just <sighs> open their mind up a little bit. But definitely, uh, I myself, I've done ketamine therapy, and it was very, very helpful in my depression. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, as uh, a lot of people are finding. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, mess myself up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and it's it's gained a lot of um, <clears throat> traction. Yes, in helping soldiers with PTSD. Oh, yeah. Finding, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of this research was banned in the 60s because of the war on drugs, which we covered, um, because they were finding that out then, that it was very useful. What's crazy about psychedelics in general, too, is they are pretty much straight up non-addictive as well. Right, like, right. You don't do shrooms or LSD or whatever it is, and you're like, fuck, I need to do that again right now. I bet there's a few people out there that are like that, but they... Yeah, ad- people who are addicted yeah, to personality in general. They attach to different receptors on your brain that it's not like a, just a straight dopamine. Like you said, I, I think you said it's right. more serotonin-based. Right. And so it's not like you're getting an insane amount of dope and, oh, I love this. It's such a great... It's, it's definitely more mind-altering and just more purposeful i would say yeah and for anyone who has uh been through or is familiar with alcoholics anonymous the founder there bill w he was a huge advocate for psychedelics yeah uh which is kind of uh not really they don't like to talk about it too much but um we're finding out with a lot of research nowadays that actually psychedelics can help people with addictions yeah. like alcohol addiction, it can help you uh, reprogram exactly your brain um, and help you learn new coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. There's like a few stories. I wish I would have wrote one down now that I'm remembering, but there is yeah. a few stories of just crippling alcoholics that they have like a crazy ketamine treatment or a crazy mushroom experience, and they're just they're not an alcoholic anymore it just like you said totally just changes the way your brain thinks and yeah 
back onto the war on drugs shit, it's it's almost criminal that these things have been banned. Like, right. Fucking, right. you walk up on a on a big thing of cow shit, and there's a couple of shrooms underneath. Illegal. Like these right. are naturally occurring substances, and you're just not allowed to do them. Get the fuck out of here, man. Right. Which there's, I don't know if there's any downsides of them. Maybe if you're a person who's already borderline schizophrenic, you should stay away from them. Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, for the average person, I don't know that there's any downsides to them. I think the only you know? downside is maybe a maybe an ego death or a rough night or something. But I feel like the majority of people, even if you have a crazy experience like that, you come out on the other side a better person. Yeah, yeah. And with these things, um, I I think what a lot of people don't understand is is a big part of them is your intention when you take them. They yes. seem to be very responsive to uh, to to your brain and your reasoning of what you're trying to get out of it. So if you're just taking them to just screw around, then that's okay. You're just going to have a trip or whatever. Yeah. But if you're taking them, you know, like, like some of these more uh, religious, you know, shamanistic cultures do, they have a whole ceremony around it. They're preparing your mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're guiding you through it for a more spiritual reason. Um, it's very helpful. And then nowadays in the clinical setting, when, uh, they're giving it to you for a more therapeutic reason, if you're going in there with that mindset, then it's having that effect. I think it's definitely, that is a big point of it is Mm -hmm. going in with a certain intention, but also your surrounding environment as well. Yes. Where maybe you're in a more comfortable spot or you have like a shaman that sets something up or he knows what the fuck he's doing. Absolutely. And if you go in with the right intentions and a good area, like you can definitely really help yourself and better your mind. Absolutely. And that's, that's being been proven a lot definitely. in recent years. And I look forward to seeing more, more research on, on it and, you know, who knows? We uh, we already have ketamine clinics. Maybe there will be more clinics mm-hmm. uh, for different things, and uh, we'll find out that hey, a lot of these prescription drugs you don't need to take with all these side effects that only seem to be kind of a bandage to problems. Maybe we'll actually be able to really heal. Yeah, you know some of these issues that so many people have these days. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, I'm empathetic to that. I feel that exact same way it's also just overall you can take something that's made in a lab but you can't do something that is just naturally fucking occurring and actually a lot of pharmaceutical companies are trying to develop their own type of psychedelics now yeah you know so you're gonna get these designer psychedelics which uh you know hopefully that goes well but we got the good old natural ones already. So I'm saying, right? I want the real shit, man. Give me the real shit. Yeah, I'll I'll take the mushrooms without the shit on them. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, uh, I think uh, I think that's all I got on it. Did you Did you have any any other your research or anything else points to add? I think we covered it pretty good. I do one thing I do like about this theory is it's pretty straight up, like. It's what it is. There's not a lot of BS surrounding it, in my opinion. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to say I'm full believing that this is the reason why the brain doubled, but it definitely did 
just help humanity in general. I agree. I I think uh, if anything, I think that part of what is proposed uh, is pretty logical. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. And Throw it is crazy how many naysayers there is. Oh yeah, there there will always be. Mm-hmm. You know, they just need to do some shrooms and then they'll change their mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. Great book. We recommend it. Uh, pretty dense, but if you're into the so- the subject, it uh, doesn't get better than that. Definitely. It's a good read. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, Till next time, I'm Red. This is Jake. Thanks for listening. See you. <laughs>